one thing you can do when you're preparing an excitation is to go to the daily readings and that's perhaps the obvious place to go and so I resist doing that sometimes try and find something else that's been bothering me that I want to talk about but today there was a happy coincidence in that the verses in Hebrews seem to be shouting out a message that that is in my head at the moment and I'll explain why the message is don't give up don't let go don't harden your hearts because God loves us that might seem a strange thing to talk about on a Sunday but I hope you'll see why it's not for me in Hebrews 2 we read in putting everything under him God left nothing that is not subject to him Yet, at present, we do not see everything subject to him, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honour, because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are the same family so Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers nearly everything that we read today is going to be from these few verses in Hebrews in chapters 2, 3, 4 and 5 and I hope that they'll resound with you in the way that they have with me as we start our service we're going to sing a hymn together and it's the words of this hymn that I want you to think about and particularly the middle verse as we prepare ourselves for this service I am weak but thou art strong Jesus keep me from all harm I'll be satisfied as long as I walk let me walk close to thee and it's the second part of that verse that I want you to to focus on really and it's this idea that we can be satisfied as long as we keep moving as long as we are walking not just stationary in our lives or our spiritual lives but as long as we keep going and as long as our walk is close to Jesus because we know that Jesus is our strength our inspiration to carry on this journey so let's sing together just the closer walk Father I pray that you will find our weaknesses and make them into our strengths and keep us from all harm, whether that's self-inflicted or comes from outside. I pray that you'll help us to be satisfied with our lot in life, to be satisfied with the gifts that you have so richly blessed us with. And I pray that you'll help us to walk, to keep walking and to keep walking close to you. In Jesus' name, Amen. I had down that Martin will be coming to the announcements next, so over to you, Martin. Well, good morning, everyone. It's the nice thing about uh, stewarding on a morning like this. You can take the opportunity to stand up on the doorstep for just a little bit longer and uh, catch up, catch the, the rays. Juan Pablo asked me this morning to, uh, to pass on the love of the brothers and sisters in La Paz, in Bolivia. He was there exhorting two weeks ago, I think, and they sent their love to us here and also the brothers and sisters in Colombia too so uh, it sounds though one Pablo's had a a very very enjoyable and profitable and uh, and energizing visit out there the the only uh, piece of news that I have is that uh, Mary Fitzgibbon 
had her biopsy, was it just last week? And the results of that will be through, I think, next Wednesday. So please keep Jack and Mary in your prayers over, over this, uh, this anxious time. I, I don't have any other uh, announcements, but perhaps in a, in a while you can, uh, you can raise any more news that you have. Thanks, Martin. I'd like you to do that now if you can, please. I've, we weren't around last weekend, and I've been watching some emails with interest to see about the arrivals of new people. I realised that Ollie and Hannah were in the car park outside and I didn't go rushing over to speak to them, so congratulations. What's the name of your baby? Said I. Hermione, thank you. And uh, Mike and Lucy are here as well. Is everything okay? Good. And yours is Sophie, isn't it? And Anna's just disappeared out with Benjamin. He's an old-timer now in this place. <laughs> Has anybody got any other announcements, welfare announcements, or anything else you'd like us to pray about now? And it's Cheryl and Beth. There we go. Anybody else? Okay, if you just bow your heads then, we'll offer a word of prayer. Father, sometimes when we come to you, it seems that we've got a list of woes and concerns and cares and that there is no good news. And so I want to start this prayer by thanking you for bringing Sophie and Hermione safely into this world, for caring for their mums and dads and for their families. And I pray that you will continue to bless them and keep them safe and help them to have a great start in life that includes this wider family. I pray that you'll continue to be with Benjamin too and with Anna and Dave and with their family as hopefully life starts to take a, on some semblance of normality again. It's lovely to have things to celebrate, Lord, and I want us to, to think about those celebrations and to make sure that we do approach this time, which is a peaceful time and a, and a calm time, but with joy in our hearts, because you don't give up on us. You don't let go of us. You do love us. I pray that you'll continue to show that love through us or through any other means possible to Mary and to Jack as they continue to struggle with Mary's illness. I pray that they will know that they are in your care. And we pray this for Jo's auntie as well and for her family as she faces up to the realities of cancer and her children face up to the realities of a lost parent and a mother with a terminal illness. Father, help them to feel the comfort of your hand upon them. And help them to gain strength from wherever they can to continue and to remain resolute and to remain confident in hope. 
I pray that you'll be with all of us. I pray that you'll be with some of the people that I'm going to talk about today as well, that you'll reinvigorate in them a love for you and that you'll help us all to search out those people whose hearts may have become hardened or who struggle to understand what it is that they've been given to to look after in life that we might be inspired to bring them closer to you in all things we thank you Lord for the blessings that we receive in your son Jesus Amen You know, when the, when the bags are going around for the collection, it's, it feels like an eternity here of quietness. And uh, in my life, you don't get long periods of quietness, uh, especially not with collection bags going around and people freely giving into them. But you, it makes me... I have this urge to say something and to interrupt. And I have to fight this urge within me to, uh, to, to fill gaps up fill silences up with some words and so I apologize for that and uh, and I hope there'll be some times when you can just contemplate in the, the service today because actually it's not all about filling the silences up with words we're going to Switzerland next week end and that means I'll have to find someone to do my crash duty for me as I found out this morning uh, but we're going to see some friends in Switzerland who live just north of Zurich and uh, I have to be a bit careful what I say because now that uh, Alex uploads these onto the internet I know James might listen to this but James is a baptised brother who's just spent too long away from other believers Uh, he married an expat who he followed out to Zurich about seven or eight years ago and he knew in his heart of hearts I know that he knew that he would struggle to maintain his relationship with God and with Jesus and to maintain fellowship at at that sort of distance I helped with his wedding because I wanted to be involved and so we went out there and and sort of helped them seal the knot and in a way I knew that in doing that I was potentially sealing him further away from fellowship because it meant he was even more likely to stay over there Um, and that's not to take anything away from Louisa and and who knows how God is going to work in these things but it just has struck me that there's something uh, that needs to be done and there probably is for people here or for people who people here know who need to be brought closer to God and to understand the compassion and love that God has for all of us I've got another friend who quite a few of you know here who's also living uh, not far from there in uh, in Austria Matt Clements and Matt is in the fortunate position of being married to someone who shares his faith as well Uh, but he's also got a stronger constitution if you like and and he's in a very very different place and whenever I think of Matt I think of him actually here at one of the Old Trafford weekends when uh, we used to have some sort of music afterwards on the Friday evening and it just went into a random melee of songs and I remember Matt leading a conga around the front of the hall uh, to this song and so that's why I want us to sing this because this is what if I get my way uh, next weekend will be about it will be about helping James who's far away in every way to learn to dance to the beat of the Lord's heart
to learn to move in the power of his spirit, to learn to walk in the light of his presence and to dance to the beat of his heart. So if you'll join me now, we'll sing this song together. Thank you, sit down, and thanks, Pete. So I wanted to talk about today, uh, prompted by this visit next weekend, is the powerful words of Hebrews, the ones that we just read and some other ones. But they're, they're set in a context of some words from Ezekiel 33. As surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from the evil ways and live. And that's the context of all of this, isn't it? The words that we just sang there require that we learn something. It's not that we've got it all from the start or that somehow God points his finger on us and in choosing us that we've got it all resolved. But God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He wants us to learn to turn from evil and to learn how to love life. To learn to move in the power of his spirit, to walk in the light of his presence, to love with his heart of compassion, to learn to trust in the word of his promise, to learn to hope in the day of his coming and to dance with the beat of his heart. And that's the inspiration that I want to give to James next week. That it's a message that I think his heart is crying out for. Now maybe that's a bit presumptive, I don't know. I know the guy quite well. And perhaps there is somebody close to you, a friend or a relative or someone who has never heard the music. Or maybe, as in James's case, they've just lost the beat. And someone, and it probably needs to be you, and it probably needs to be me, is going to have to be the music to them. Is going to have to show the power of God's Spirit. He's going to have to walk alongside them to bring them into the presence of Jesus. He's going to have to show the light of Jesus' presence in their life, to show love and comparison, compassion to those people, to bring them closer, to, lo- to show that trust in the word of God's promise, in the reality of his promise, is true in our lives, and to show that the hope that we talk about and that we read about is real in our lives too. I think that true fellowship is finding those opportunities to prompt and to encourage and to show love to our brothers and sisters until they just can't ignore us anymore. And it might put us in an uncomfortable place. It might make them feel uncomfortable. I anticipate some uncomfortable discussions at the weekend. But if we show that compassion and love to the point where it can't be ignored, then at least we are trying to show a way of learning of the love of God. So we're going to read from Hebrews 3, just a few verses. I'm going to actually ask if Sylvia could come and read that to us. Would that be all right? Hebrews 3, verses 7 to 14. Please. The letter to the Hebrews, 
chapter 3, starting at verse 7. So, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me and for 40 years saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation and I said, their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. As has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. So, if God's not going to let go of us, because as we read in Ezekiel, he doesn't want us to live a wicked life, but he wants to bring us to his life, then what can happen? Can our hearts become hardened, as we just read in Hebrews? It struck me, as soon as I read in uh, verse 8, I think it is, that, yeah, so do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me, and for 40 years saw what I did. I'd always thought of the, the time in the desert as being a testing, if you like, a proving of the people of Israel. But the way it's described in here is that the people were testing God. They were putting God through the mill, if you like, despite everything that they saw and the miracle that got them to the place where they were and the miracles they saw every morning with the manna, the, cloud, the tower of cloud and the pillar of fire. Despite all of that, they were still testing God for 40 years because their hearts were hardened and their hearts had gone astray and they had not known his ways and I, I suspect that sometimes we can fall into the trap of thinking that when our hearts are hardened or those of other people that we maybe know that it's out of a lack of effort or laziness on their part or on ours and I, I don't think this is true actually <laughs> I think it takes quite a lot of effort to harden your heart if you've been called and you've come to a place like this and you've asked people to witness your commitment to Jesus and to our Heavenly Father and you've attempted to change your life as a result of this conversion then to walk away from that and to face the other way and to have a further away walk takes a lot of effort and I wonder whether we think that sometimes. We just think that people get lazy or forget. But I suspect that James has to constantly put out of his mind the desire to share the things of God. 
I suspect that we all at times have to repress our conscience if we want to move away from our Lord Jesus. And we have to suppress that yearning that we have to be with people who we share our beliefs with. And I think that's what the writer to the Hebrews is talking about when he says hardening our hearts. I don't think it's something that just happens by accident. I think it's something that you try to do to avoid the reality. And the best example I can think of is Jonah. I'm not even going to ask you to go there because the story is so well known. That he was challenged to go in one direction and he faced the other way very deliberately. You know, it wasn't an accident, it wasn't laziness that meant that Jonah hardened his heart. It was a very difficult path that he took in the wrong direction, across a sea, through a storm, through the belly of a fish, onto a beach, back to Nineveh. The easy path would have been to have done what God told him in the first place. And yet, even after going through all of that, at the end of Jonah, you've got that little that little story, picture, parable, whatever you want to call it, which shows him still trying to challenge God's logic because he felt that the Ninevites should have got what their just desserts and God's trying to say to Jonah, you're not in control here. You don't understand the depth of love and compassion that I have for you. And he had to go through a, a painful experience of sunstroke to realise what God was getting what the message God was trying to get to him. And who knows how long that lasted for. How, who knows how long it lasts for any of us when we get that message. In Jonah's case, it was because he really just doesn't seem to get the depth of God's compassion and desire for people to come close to him. Just hold on to that thought for a moment. I think that hardening your heart is a hard thing to do if I haven't made that clear already and I think it's no coincidence that God says that he doesn't want his laws just written on tablets of stone but he wants them written on the hearts of men and women you and me and I think that's significant because our hearts are a soft tissue or they're meant to be and if somebody writes or etches the laws of God on your heart, you'll feel it. You'll feel the impression of that on your heart and it will affect you. It struck me that graveyards are places of lots of engraving, tablets of stone with names etched into them. And, and from a distance, they appear to be cold places, don't they? And it's actually not until you stand in them, perhaps on a day like this with the sun blazing down on you and you look at the inscriptions you look at what's actually engraved in there and you see that it was a real person and maybe they died prematurely and maybe um, it's saying something about the way they lived their life and maybe it tells you who their friends and relations were and it's that reality of the person the heart of that person that you then read into that and then it invokes some sort of response doesn't it and it makes you realize where you are that you're in a place that's surrounded by the history of people. But until you read that name or the age or the relationships, then there's no emotional response to the, the messages etched in stone. And I think that's what we're being called to do. I think we're being called to have soft hearts with God's law written in it 
to the point where we can feel it, so it's not just a message that's on a tablet of stone. And the writer to the Hebrews was quoting from a psalm, and it was a call to the temple, which my Bible tells me was usually sung by the priest. So it was a call to bring people towards God. And it's a call to us. To bring us towards God. And the appropriate response is joy at even being invited. And the appropriate response is an enthusiastic yes when we're asked to attend. My call to you today as you eat this bread that we're going to share together now to, is to search in your heart and see whether it's hardening. Feel for any bits that are harder than they should be where it is just an etching rather than the living words of our Lord Jesus in there. And if it is soft and if it is open to God and full of compassion and full of understanding and full of openness, then fantastic. And celebrate now because that's what we're called to do. Celebrate that you're walking close to Jesus and then go and find someone who isn't whose walk is faltering and make a plan make a plan to soften their heart that the laws of God might be written on them David would you be able to give us a prayer for the bread thank you Heavenly Father it is a joy and a privilege to come together to worship you and to remember what you have done for us what the Lord Jesus has done for us now particularly we remember that Jesus gave his life that we might live and he said that we should remember him in this way by taking bread and wine And so we, we shall do that. We thank you for, for giving us this bread. We thank you for everything that it means to us. As it shows to us his body, which we know is given for us. When we were, when we are sinners given for us that we might live through him and through your grace thank you Lord bless the bread we pray and bless us as we share it together and we ask that you'll hear us for Jesus sake Amen as you take this bread then think of the things that we've just thought about and if you don't want to think of that think of these words from Hebrews 5 although he was a son he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him we're going to sing a hymn together
and I want you to just think about the quietness and the calm because we're going to think about it a bit more in a minute drop thy still dews of quietness till all our striving cease take from our lives the strain and stress let our ordered lives confess the beauty of thy peace did any of you hear about an art activity is the best way to describe it at the uh, Tate Modern this week it was called 1000 no? maybe one or two well it involved a thousand volunteers entering the turbine hall at the Tate Modern and screaming for 10 seconds and the, the artist apparently wanted to make people less self-conscious uh, uh, in a group to enable them to really let themselves go and uh, and express themselves for that 10 seconds. It had to be dead quiet before and it had to be dead quiet afterwards. It made for fascinating radio on Radio 4 when I heard it. She actually said afterwards that she felt more self-conscious, uh, certainly more than she'd been hoping. She felt embarrassed standing with all these people and shouting at the top of her voice. I think I probably missed the point of the work a little bit when I heard about it. But it did strike me that it was a great metaphor for the age that we live in. A great way of describing how it is that our life can be. Lots of people making lots of noise for no discernible reason. And all doing it very self-consciously. God offers the opposite. When the world is shouting out, his voice is still and calm. And when all around seems like tempest, we're listening for a still small voice. Even after the unbelievable upheaval of creation, what was it that he did? He rested. And for all of us, a moment of silence or a moment of contemplation can shout louder than anything Anything that we say, or try to say, or want to say. Liz, would you mind reading for us? We're going to read from Hebrews again, from Hebrews 4, verses 1 to 13, about a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Hebrews 4, 1 to 13. Hebrews chapter 4. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands... Let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because those who heard did not combine it with their faith. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day God rested from all his work. And again in the passage above he says, They shall never enter my rest. It still remains that some will enter that rest and those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. 
Therefore God again set a certain day, calling it today, when a long time later he spoke through David, as was said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Thank you, Liz. So I was trying to think what I could talk to James about. You know, if, there, if there's one moment in the weekend when I get an opportunity for a nugget to say something to him, and, and this is it for me, this is it. Because James leads a manic life, and so does his wife. And he must, like all of us at times, yearn for rest. And this that Liz has just read to us about is true rest. The promise of entering his eternal rest still stands. And it remains, it still remains that some will enter the rest. And those who formerly had the gospel preached them did not go in because of their disobedience. And why? Because they had hardened their hearts. It's all about a place of calm, but not of inactivity. Because as Liz also read, the word of God is living and active. It's a place of activity but it's a peaceful place that we find in God because he knows us there is no hiding or dodging no running in the other direction as Jonah did there is nothing except God and what God has planned for us there are a number of people that I know who have moved away from their belief in God and they're all for different reasons um, I suspect that for James it's a because he didn't really grasp the compassionate nature of our Heavenly Father a bit like Jonah he's uh, been a bit begrudging because he knows that the outcome if God has his way will be different from the one that he thinks it should be in a fair world but the truth is that for these people and for all of us sitting in this room that God knows exactly how we feel about these things and according to Hebrews 5 he is able to deal gently with those who don't understand and who are going astray so God has a plan to recover even those of us who walk the other way He knows us 
and he knows what we need and his compassion extends beyond our wildest dreams. My call to you today as we drink this wine that we're going to share together now is to use the silence and the calm of this moment to work out whether you can honestly say you are yearning for God's rest. And if not, then listen for the still, small voice which is calling for you. And if you are, then great. Celebrate that you are walking close to Jesus. And then go and find someone who's struggling. So that you can help them to understand the compassion and the care and the love that our Heavenly Father has for them. John, would you mind praying for us, please? Dear Holy Father, Father, I've, I've said this before, I know, but I know that you are the God who loves us. I'm beginning to realise, Father, that you are the God who gets involved in my life, in all of our lives. You are the God, the great Creator, who actually comes alongside each one of us. Father, your love, well, it's something that we've often tried to understand and we don't fully, but your love is creative and proactive. Your love doesn't wait around. Your love goes out looking for. And I believe that's why you sent your lovely son Jesus to go looking for the people you love. Lord Jesus, thank you. You came in the darkness and came looking for us, each one. And you found us. Thank you, Lord. Lord, as we drink this wine, help us to take you into us and help us too to go looking to be proactive in our love not just to wait for people but to go looking for people Lord Jesus to be like you to go out into the darkness and look for the brothers and sisters who seem to have been lost and to look for others too and to find them Lord and to bring them back to you Lord thank you for this memorial bless it to us and bless us richly Lord in your service Amen Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We're going to sing a song now called All My Days. I will sing this song of gladness. And I'll just ask you to try and remember what you felt like, if this is possible, immediately after your baptism as you sing this. Give my praise to the fountain of delights, for in my helplessness you heard my cry, and waves of mercy poured down on my life. So we've thought about the fact that there are people who might even be us, who are moving away from God. 
that God doesn't want to punish us or them, but would rather that they turn from their ways and enter his life. We've recognised that even when God is obviously active in our lives, he can find our hearts hardened and us choosing to ignore him and to test him. But God knows us so well that he even knows that we would need to know that he knows us. So well that he sent us his son Jesus so that we would know that he knows us. To be with us and recognised by us as our Saviour. But for those who are not able to see this, for whatever reason, from, for whatever period in their lives, we need to be there for them. Their strength, their confidence, their love. For in my helplessness you heard my cry, and waves of mercy poured down on my life. In Hebrews 3 we read, Encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened to sin's deceitfulness. This is a powerful command. And it requires that we put aside differences in order to look for the need in each other. That we stop searching for perfection in ourselves, in our church, in the people that we share our lives with. And we start looking for the challenges that we have to make each other better and to make ourselves better. And it also requires that we just keep walking, that we keep moving in a direction which takes us closer to our Lord. As we sang in that first hymn, I'll be satisfied as long as I walk, let me walk close to thee. We're going to finish with a hymn, crown him with many crowns, the lamb upon his throne, Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns all music but its own. Awake, my soul, and sing of him who died for thee, and hail him as thy matchless king throughout eternity. Father, as we come to the end of our service together, as we come to the end of this memorial, as we come to a moment where we go out into the world around us, I pray that you will not allow us to give up because we know you don't give up on us and not allow us to let go of you because we know that you don't let go of us and not allow us to harden our hearts because you, we know that you want your laws written on the soft tissue of our hearts and I pray that you will stay close to us and remind us every minute of every day that you are our God and our Saviour. Amen.